nobody wants hard times, but amazing voices, music, and songs can grow in the heavy soil of adversity. You know, where would the blues be? The classical lament, the bluegrass wisdom story, the dark pop ballad, the rock rage song without life storms and pain. The trick is to learn to use the storm like eagles do and ride the winds to higher skies. This Thanksgiving, my voice is grateful for it all. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. I can fix you, I can teach you, I can make you... The voice is affected by everything. There is so much in my life that I had no idea would eventually influence my voice and my work in music. Situations that have informed, strengthened, and given value to my voice range from chores of childhood to very difficult life storms, some in fact that look like the end for my voice. Here are some lighter and heavier burdens that have become blessings for me and my work. First, my childhood demotion from lead to harmony. I was raised in a family that always made music. My dad, an air traffic controller, had been a singer and musician since his childhood. My alto-voiced mother was raised by a musician too, and both thought it only right to pass their skills on to their prodigy. As firstborn of my siblings, I got to sing the melody lead in our family band, That is, until my sister Pam got old enough to sing. My father taught me to sing a part then, so she could sing melody. How unfair. Then when the next sister, Becky, was old enough to join the family hoot nanny, Pam got taught my part, and I had to learn a different one. By the time our brother Bill came along, he got to sing whatever he landed on. But then he was embarrassed throughout his childhood, with the mandatory Little Blue Man solo he was assigned. But as for me, I always got parts duty. I sang melody only when there was a solo or unison section that my father arranged for our little band. I had no idea how useful this would be. Years later, I would find that far from being a demotion, singing harmony, and even better, learning to read and create it, was my ticket to a top session singing career in Memphis and Nashville. So thanks, family. I love you, and I love singing with you to this day. My next lesson in adversity, being made to take piano lessons. Okay, so it was fun when I started lessons at six, but after I found the joy of improvising and playing by ear, practicing for lessons was work. In fact, my piano teacher stopped demonstrating the song for me because she noticed I would memorize it by ear instead of actually reading the music. Yes, I was a brat. But my mother, a.k.a. she who must be obeyed, made me do it anyway for years. Little did I know how I would use this abuse. I finally grew to love it so much that I used to hole up in a college piano practice room for five and six hours at a time. For class, yes, but also for the sheer joy of the sound and feel of my fingers touching the keys. 
The music theory I learned has come in handy on so many levels, including being able to get a job as a teenager playing for church and teaching beginner piano, getting a job as a staff jingle singer, which required reading music, and later being able to communicate intelligently with professional musicians as a producer. That theory I had to learn for piano lessons enabled me to create and write vocal charts on staff paper. Just recently, I experienced the joy of playing piano in a little band at our church on a Dixieland jazz version of Just a Closer Walk with Thee. To this day, I depend on piano playing in teaching, performance, songwriting, arranging, vocal coaching, and accompanying. So thank you so much for making me stick to those lessons. It's a gift that keeps on giving, dear mother of mine. My next hard time, I want to call paying dues with vocal abuse. I was over the moon thrilled to land that choice staff singing position at the Tanner Corporation in Memphis in my early 20s. But singing from 8.30 a.m. till 3.30 p.m. five or six days a week, while simultaneously singing in nightclubs three to five evenings a week until the wee hours, and in between those jobs, also singing background vocals in Memphis studios, really tested my little pair of vocalis muscles. It meant my voice either got iron chops strong and learned to protect itself, or my vocal control, health, and career would come to an early demise. Janie Fricky was one of the girls with whom I did jingles, clubs, and background vocals. Her voice was amazing, but right before she left Memphis to move to Nashville, she was actually diagnosed with vocal hemorrhage. Her voice did heal, and she went on to a big career as an internationally acclaimed country artist. Still back in Memphis, I was lucky. Somehow along the way, I instinctively developed enough healthy vocal technique to survive the abuse. I don't recommend that anyone challenge the voice like this because it is dangerous, but I'm now grateful for every hard thing I put my voice through. It's helped me become a vocal coach who specializes in protecting the voice and conquering vocal strain. I wouldn't fully appreciate or understand even what I was doing correctly till decades later. But remembering what had always worked for me in studio and on stage would light the spark that eventually became my vocal training method, Power Path and Performance. My next season of adversity was particularly hard. I developed serious illness and real vocal damage. I've experienced the old saying that that which does not kill you makes you stronger. When giving birth to my son, I had life-threatening complications, and long, hard story short, I was in the hospital for three months, seven weeks of that in intensive care. From multiple emergency surgeries and intubations, my vocal cords were damaged. After I got home and tried to sing, I noticed I'd lost an octave and a half of my vocal range. My primary surgeon told me that it was probably permanent vocal cord scarring, but at least I was still alive. Note to doctors, saying that to a professional singer may not result in their immediate gratitude. Little did I know how incredibly important this life-shattering experience would turn out to be. 
As you may know, I didn't sustain permanent vocal damage. I had incredible doctors who did save my life. And in the process of gaining my voice back, I learned the healing power of vocal exercise. I had taken one precious college year of classical voice and instinctively started carefully singing from the book, 24 Italian Songs and Arias. I noticed my voice beginning to feel better and gain some ground by working in my upper register. After moving to Nashville, I completed my recovery with Nashville's legendary vocal coach, Gerald Arthur, and with the help of alternative nutritional counselor, Liz Flanagan. I also developed an insatiable curiosity that continues to this day about anatomy, voice science, and other alternative healing protocols, including chiropractic, massage therapy, Feldenkrais, and Alexander Technique. I love passing the healing on and witnessing the relief in the voices and faces of my vocal students today. Now I wanna talk about the adversity of failing. Here are some ways I've failed. First, losing my jingle work. After I recovered from that illness, I continued jingle work in Nashville. It was awesome getting national residuals from AFTRA and it was horrible watching that work fade as companies began to change their advertising techniques without sung ditties as part of their branding. It made me have to focus on my background vocal work, which led me to meeting Tommy West, signing with MTM Records, winning an ACM award, and having a hit career as a recording and performing artist, none of which I think would have happened if I had continued with that top jingle work. My next fail was losing my record deal. In my experience, there's something worse than never having a record deal. It's having one and losing it. MTM Records folded when the parent entertainment company was sold to an entity that didn't want to have a record label. Overnight, I went from famous to invisible, somebody to nobody. Because my jingle and background vocal career had been neglected, my professional voice was essentially, for the moment anyway, silenced. Without a recording career, I began to focus on my songwriting. A few years later, I would co-write One Way Ticket, Because I Can, with Keith Hinton, which would go on to become a number one and win a BMI Millionaire Award. I'm kind of glad I had to focus on that songwriting career. My next fail losing my songwriting deal and harsh criticism. After writing for a couple of different publishing companies and not having significant songs cut, I was let go. Once again, I experienced career failure. I even had to take in the harsh criticism of my friend and songwriting mentor, Dave Loggins, who told me I was writing like a spectator instead of a participant. Once again, I was devastated. I had no idea how grateful I would be for yet another dead end. I had to brainstorm my next career move. About this time, my session singing and co-writing friend Carol Chase landed a singing position on tour with Leonard Skinnerd, and one day she asked me to help her with a note she was having trouble with. I wondered how she knew to ask me, but somehow I was able to help her, and I wondered if I might be useful as a vocal coach. 
I took on my first student and found that I was intuitively able to diagnose the problem and help make it better. The rest is history, but I'm not sure vocal coaching, which is now the center of my work, would ever have crossed my mind if I had continued as a staff writer. I even began to do some studio production and songwriting again with fresh participant fire. In addition to new songs and co-creating a couple of musicals, I wrote and released a new project with my husband in 2015, which I consider the best music I ever made. So thank you, my friend Dave Loggins. You pushed me because you believed I could rise to the challenge. Thank you, Carol. Your friendship has been a life changer. Thank you, God, for putting this tapestry of events and people together. Now let me talk about kindness. Don't get me wrong, I could not have picked myself up and moved to the next era alone. I'm truly grateful for every kind word of encouragement, praise, and support sent my way, along with all the corrections and the criticisms that made me dig a little bit deeper. Thank you to my husband, my son, my family, and friends who are part of my eternal village. Thanks to all supporters of the music I've made. And thanks to you, dear All Things Vocal reader and listener. To paraphrase Rascal Flats, I'm grateful for every broken road that's led me to be useful to you. It's taken me to the most fulfilling part of my journey yet. I want to finish this by talking about you. When you come upon a hard place in your journey, and everybody does, use my story to encourage you. Every time I thought I was facing a dead end, it was just a turning point, a redirection. None of it was wasted. I've experienced God as the great compost maker. When I turned it over, that which looked like crap became incredibly useful fertilizer, both in my life and others' lives. So my advice is, trust your journey. Do your very best, and whatever comes, embrace it all. Then use your stronger, wiser, and more useful voice to benefit the world. Your vocal gratitude list, like mine, will be full of colorful surprises, twists and turns, dips and heights, and storms that birth rainbows. This is your vocal coach, Judy Rodman. If you enjoy this podcast, please support it with your review at iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. You can always find me and my services for you at www.judyrodman.com. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.